today on The Breakdown. No need for a clever opening this time. This is just all razzmatazz. <laughs> this is just all, wow, glitter, because we have something special. We have quite the hand, and it's in a huge spot. There's going to be eight players left in the quarter-million-dollar buy-in Super High ro- Higher Roller Bowl Europe main event. Six players get paid. There's eight left. Four of the eight players have about 20 blinds. The other four have over 50. And first place is $3.7 million. And two of those players with the shorter stacks, not only are they going to, well, there's going to be some conflict, but they're two of the better known players out there. It's Michael Adamo and Timothy Adams. Man, a lot happens in this hand. Some, some shots are taken. Let me just say this. And with the stakes being this high, I just don't think... You know what they say? They say sometimes this shit just sells itself. Well, here we are. The shit is doing all the selling. (laughs) It's going to sell it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. It's interesting. Like You say the shit is doing all the selling. It did seem like you were doing a lot of selling. (laughs) What do you mean? So what are you saying about yourself? Whoa, I didn't expect you were going there. 2021, man. You got to respect yourself. <laughs> it's, it's, it, to me, it's 2022 already. I'm and already that, living in 2022. And what, and, okay, so maybe you have a preview on how we're looking at the world in 2022 yeah. and, and self-respect is out the window. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that. Well, here's the thing. You think shit is somehow a pejorative term. Oh, this is a 2022 thing. Everybody loves shit now. Things have really changed. Okay. You know, things, things go fast yeah. these days and you know that, right? right? right. You it know, turns you, out that shit cures COVID. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I love that. Yeah. And uh, people are like, what does the shit think? You know? Yeah. People won't say it's the shit, right? They don't mean that in a bad way, even now. That's true. Let that's alone that. in the future. That's interesting. Yep. I wonder, wonder why. Well, why it's like when they say that's, that's a real bad baseline you just laid down, brother. No one's yeah. saying that like, I hated it, right? I, I might say it that way. But yeah. most people would mean the opposite, right? So there's a lot of that going Language on. Language is hard and confusing. I anyway, mean, yeah. Speaking of language, you use the word razzmatazz. Razzmatazz. I I have a vague recollection. I feel like that's the second time in about a month that you've used the word razzmatazz in an opening. To be clear, it's razzmatazz, not razzmatazz. Oh, I always put an uh in there. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. You would know as a as a theater kid, right? <laughs> you guys are all about the razzmatazz. Yeah, the spectacle. Yeah, the show. Right. <laughs> yeah. Give them something to remember you by, you know, that kind of a thing. Give me the etymology of break a leg. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the, this is a while ago, right? This is the 1800s, right? And I can see something cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and not long after uh, leprosy was a real problem in, uh, in lower England. <laughs> Right, of course, Lower, Lower England. England, you know, South, Every, South everybody England. Everybody knows what you mean. Oh, you no. Know, Manchester and, and the like. Of course. Manchester. Yes. Yeah. South of England. Man U. Uh, That's where Man U plays. I don't think it is, actually. Those bastards. Yeah. They I lied to me. I think that's true. Uh, I've been to Manchester multiple times. No one ever mentioned Man U, so I don't think so. Anyway, um, so leprosy was a bit of a thing. Uh-huh. And of course, you don't sound interested. You already sound interested. No, no, interested. no. I'm, I'm playing yes and. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> leprosy was a thing. And uh, 
you know, you're going to go out, you were, so even though there were, you know, shows to be done, there were actors and things like that, many of them had leprosy. Of course. And the worst thing that could happen in a show, obviously, is to have a body part fall off literally while you are performing, because that's going to ruin the show. Well, it depends on what part of the play it's in. And also what part of the body (laughs) falls off. But the show must go on. Where do you think it came from? Well, it came from lower England in the The 1800s. The leprosy thing, yeah. And so people would say break a leg because the idea is the worst thing that could happen is to lose a leg or a nose or something like that. But breaking means it's still part of your body. That's good. You're doing a good enough job. You can continue the show. Break a leg. So what's like an acceptable ratio of actors to have leprosy when a play is on? Like... Two-thirds? Is that too many? I mean, it depends. Honestly, it depends on the level of outbreak. I mean, there were points in lower England in the 1800s where, I mean, it was probably... I would guess it was way higher than that. It was probably like 90 95% because the rich weren't actors, right? Of course not. But they would go see the shows. So you need... Poor people, and the poor people all had leprosy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because they couldn't protect themselves, uh-huh. you know? That's just how it was from the leprosy. <laughs> and that's a theater lesson from Jonathan Levin. Yeah. Razzmatazz. <laughs> yeah. You just added the uh. You did it like I did. No, I just, no, I just, I laid into it. I razzmatazz is what I did. Do you have, an actual, do you have like a problem if somebody says razzmatazz? I mean, instead? do you have a problem if someone says Grant Dennison? Because it's the same thing. <laughs> I feel like it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding an extra sound where it doesn't belong. What's the difference? I feel like it could belong, though. It could just be. It's more of a feeling than a word, right? It's just like. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, now who's the theater kid? Because you're sure sounding like you grew up doing a lot of improv. See, I'm uh, not faking it, though. Whoa. I'm, I'm really this. I'm this <laughs> legit all the time. <laughs> um, it's not razzmatazz. And when you say that, you uh, identify yourself for anyone in the know as an, uh, as an imposter. Oh, no. The theater kids aren't going to like me. <laughs> the th- get, uh, here's a little, little spoiler alert. The theater kids already didn't like you. <laughs> That's fine. <Okay. laughs> They never liked you. That's fine. Yeah. I don't want them. <laughs> anyway, here that's, we go. Know, that's not sour grapes at all. You're sour grapes. Anyway. Nice. Nice. All right. So this is uh, the second podcast now that we are going to involve solver work. Yes. But we are not going to do the solver work, and we are not going to know of the solver answers before we make our analysis. That's right. So, so what we've done is we've had Danny Sprung, because we have a little crew of guys who cadre. are doing this. Yeah. A cohort. Yeah. Um. And this time it's Danny Sprung, so he's run this all through the solver and written up a whole thing which we have not yet read. We're going to do our, all our analysis as we normally do, and then we're going to p- hit pause on the recording, read Danny's analysis, come back and tell you what he had to say, and react to it. And see how it you know, jived with what we said. Yep. Yeah. So which, that should be like the last five, ten minutes of the show. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so we're excited about that. Yeah. It was, it was pretty interesting last time. Another thing that we're a little bit excited about is uh, we are beginning a Poker Guys Discord. Yes. Uh, so Discord is a place where you can kind of join a community, chat, share videos, talk about stuff, and have different rooms where you talk about different things. In our Discord, we're going to create a new room for each hand that we analyze where you can go discuss our analysis or what you think of the hand. We will be in there discussing it with you from time to time. I mean, here and there. From time to time. Yeah. Um, the solver guys, we're going to invite them to go in there to, to expand on their solver stuff. We're going to post some solver stuff in there after it's been given to us. It'll just be a more in-depth discussion of the hand. We'll also have like a general poker chat area. It's basically just a place for, we can also make announcements. It's a little community space for, for people who enjoy 
this podcast and poker in general. And to be clear, there's no cost associated for you guys. There's no cost to get into it. There's no cost to do Discord or anything. It's all free. You just need the internet and any kind of a browser or, or phone or anything. Right, and it has apps on everything, yeah. of course. Um, so, so it's all just a thing we're adding for... You know, just just because because I think it'll make everything a little better. So there's a link right in the show notes uh, that you have to use that link to join our discord server. That's how discord works. You can't just go find us and join. You have to use that link. You'll be invited to our discord server. You'll answer a couple questions about etiquette and you'll you'll be entered into the discord server and you can begin chatting in any of the rooms we have open about the different hands about poker in general. It's, we think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're, we're excited about we're going to it. Use it for a lot of different stuff as we go. So I think it's something worth joining. And you know, this the the audience for this podcast is relatively sizable. There's definitely thousands of people who listen to this uh, each episode every yeah. month. And so, if there's real interest in discussing this hand, this is the this is the place to do it. And we think you know there could be a real community right. that, that comes out of this. Right. It's it's we'll like, see. There is a with air quotes community on Twitter, but that just isn't really achieving yeah. the goals that we're looking for. This is more conversational, more community oriented. It's not shouting it out to the entire world, all of the Twitter followers that you have or people can retweet. It's not like that. It's just a, it's like, you know, rooms where you can chat about stuff. It's, it's also saying off like the YouTube comments, which are generally more, you know, divisive at yeah. least. And if, if not like getting all weird and political and all this kind of stuff that is always happening in, on Internet comments, actually. So right. We're hoping to avoid all of that and keep it more pure. It's more of a dialogue. Yeah. And to that end, you know, we may do events on Discord in the future that involve video and stuff like that I mean, as well. If this thing really goes somewhere, if, yeah. you guys, if you guys seem interested in this and, and are participating in this, yeah, we might, we might do a lot more stuff on Discord. Yeah. If not, we'll just fold it up after a while. Right. Either it's way. It's free to us, too. So, you know, yeah. we're it's not just, a big deal. We're trying it out. We think it's a really cool way to build the community, and we hope you join us there. Yeah. So links in the description of the show notes. We're also going to tweet out the link. If, uh, if you can't find the show notes for one reason or another. And uh, yeah, find us there. Let's find Tim Adams where we usually find him. Making aggressive plays with lots of money on the line. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, really. It's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so this is high stakes crap we're dealing with. <laughs> the super high roller bowl this occurred in, uh, what was it? One of those rich countries, Cyprus. Um, one of those places that they don't tax you probably. And uh, we have eight remaining on this 250K buy-in. That's USD. Uh, sixth place gets 500k. First place is what 3.7 million. 3.7 million dollars. This, by the way, just took place on August 30th. So this is very recent. This is yeah, all this, this podcast coming out presses. on September 20th. So, yeah, yeah, pretty recent. Three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, much like Lower England in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, Southern this, England. I this guess table. This table is uh, the haves and the have-nots mm. divided in half by. Around 20-ish blind stacks and around 50-ish blind stacks. There's not really any stacks in between. It's, it's a little weird that that happened, but sometimes these things go that way, and then it's hard to depolarize yourself from this, this spot a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, because like, the 50 blind stacks really want to stay 50 blind stacks and aren't necessarily that excited about mixing it up with each other unless they have a really good reason to. And the 20 blind stacks are trying to outlast each other, so usually it's just a lot of like stealing the blind. It's one of stuff like it's that. generally one of the more boring times in a tournament, yes. especially at lower stakes where people care more about the money. Uh. Interesting, interestingly enough, people care more about the money at lower stakes and think you're the worst demon in, in history if you don't pay a bubble. Yes, but they do. I tell you what, these guys are not paying a bubble. No, they're not. In this 250k, that's for sure. Um, all right. So, let's just get to it. Great. So, we got Michael Adamo. He's just a He's just a rising star. He's just everywhere in the poker world this year. I think you need to like tattoo that guy's face to your lower back. You're such a fan of his these days. I don't know why you're assigning that to me. It's just that we've done a ton of his hands, and he's clearly playing at a very high level. Uh, there it is. 
There it is. Why are you this way? Uh, was it the theater? Is that what did this to you? Was it the leprosy? <laughs> I, oh, that like a continued even after leprosy was eradicated, the theater kids still would get it. Was lepro- leprosy eradicated, Grant? Was it not eradicated? I don't least, believe it's, it's been at least eradicated. very well under control. I think I would say it's very well under control. However, the folks who have leprosy may not feel the same way, Grant. Well, the lepers in the audience, I apologize. I'm not sure if it's entirely eradicated or not. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. I, okay. don't, I don't know. I don't have enough knowledge. It doesn't just seem to be a, a threat to I don't, most of I don't, us. I don't think about it too often. I don't think most of the people who are listening to this are too aware of th- leprosy threats in their area. Right. So that's good. Good. Anyway. Happy. All right. So Adamo, who you, for some reason, hate. I think Adamo is very good. You just think he's the best, and I, I don't understand I what happened. I never once said I think he's the best. Uh, play it back. All right, right there is where they'll play it back. Okay. We, we'll, so they, we'll cut this part out, but we'll put the part where you say that. We definitely have a clip, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll put that clip. Okay, good. Okay, good. We'll find that clip. <laughs> It'll be easy to find. Yeah. Um, all right, so now we're going to go back to the podcast where they can hear us. Right, okay, and start now. Okay. <laughs> hey! I just love doing this podcast with Jonathan Levy. It's so much fun. Yeah. Do you see I was right, though? Yeah. That clip oh, that we played. I think... You did say I it. I think you were right. I can't remember <laughs> the clip from a couple seconds. So anyway. Anyway. Michael Adamo, yeah, the greatest player in the world. <laughs> we have it. Put that in <laughs> over there. Okay. <laughs> uh, to be perfectly clear, he is just clearly very good among these high rollers. Of course he is. Uh, he is under the gun plus one, eight-handed. He's got one of those shorter stacks. He's got 705K, so, you know, 23 blinds. Mm-hmm. And he has queen jack of diamonds. He's going to open it. Yeah. Is just too good of a hand even in this scenario not to open? Yeah. I think it really is. Yeah. Also... We're probably going to be in this scenario for a while. It's not like any second now the bubble's going to burst. You know, like there's certain tournaments where you're in a big MTT and the bubble is, you know, there's 30 tables or 20 tables. And if you wait five hands, actually the bubble will burst. Right. And you can actually say like, well, this is a marginal spot and I don't have to play it. But here with this, this competition, I think it's very reasonable to think it's at least another hour before the bubble bursts, if not several hours. Right. We have to play good hands. We just have to. Yeah. So we have to play this hand. And we do. Yeah. He min opens to 60K. Okay. Probably a function of stack sizes at the table to min raise instead of, you know, a little bit plus. Yeah, I don't know for him if he's always doing that or not. But either way. Holds around to Tim Adams in the big blind, who is one of the other somewhat short stacks. He's one of the kings of the shorter stacks, though, with 790K. Mm, nice. Yeah, so Feels he's got good. like 27 blinds. That's not so bad. Mm-hmm. He's going to call in the big blind with ace, seven of clubs. Doesn't seem like there's anything else you could really do here, right? It would seem weird to jam here. Like, I don't like jam. I mean, we jam- jamming is going to get a lot of folds. Yeah. A lot of folds. At least we block some of the calling hands with an ace, but I don't think that's worth it. It doesn't seem worth it at all. When for one blind, we get to see a flop with a pretty good hand. Yeah. Like, why, why do anything else? That's what happens. Yeah. All right. Pot's 165K. Heading to the flop, which Tim Adams must have been born under a shining star for this flop. Seven of hearts, seven of diamonds, king of clubs. So outdoors. He was born outdoors. Yeah. He's Canadian. Oh, okay. So it makes sense now. Well, they don't have hospitals, right? Well, they don't have indoor hospitals, I should say. I'm sure they have, why like, would you have roving a, hospitals. Why would you have an indoor hospital in Canada? <laughs> That's right. You need the fresh, cool air to... That helps with the healing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. You know, anyway. You know, what? in Iceland, there are signs up that say, if you see a baby on a porch by itself, don't like freak out and call the authorities. This is an Icelandic tradition on how to make your baby stronger. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And in, Iceland is not a warm place. Did you see a lot of babies I on porches? I didn't see any. I just saw the sign. Did you see any? Okay. Yeah. 
I, I don't. I don't mean just live babies. Any babies, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, dead or alive, no babies. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Cool question, though. Thanks for asking. All right. So the flop: seven hearts, seven of diamonds, king of clubs. Adams flops. Best trips. Adamo has two back doors, diamonds, and you know backdoor straight. But it's not much of a flop for him, except for being. A nice range advantage board for him. He has more kings in his range. No question. Or at least he has higher end kings in his range. Yeah. Um, is a better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, that's... I mean, this is a good board for him. Yeah. He's supposed to bet this board. In fact. Of course he is. Which he does after Adam's checks. There's not really a reason for Adam to lead because of the range advantage that Adamo inherently has, right? Like, also, yeah, we just know... Yeah, because of that range advantage, Adamo's kind of always betting this board. It seems crazy to lead and... Like, what would Adamo do with this exact hand? Maybe he would call once if we bet small enough, but a lot of hands he's just going to throw away. Why wouldn't we want to capture the C-bet? Of course we do, so of course we check. Right. You'd expect Adamo's probably betting all of his things that don't really connect at all. Yep. And uh, the only checks that I can imagine are maybe like King's full and, you know, pocket pairs between the seven and the king, maybe check sometimes. He might check some of those. Uh, he, the lower the pocket pair, the more I'd expect him to bet it. Like, he might bet two eights, but I'd expect him to be checking queens a lot. Sure. Because um, he's got more. Front. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think he's betting all the time with under pairs to the seven? I think he probably is. Yeah. Maybe not all the time, but almost all the time, at least. Like in the high, like 90% at least, something yeah. like that. And maybe 100%. He's betting a lot on this board, period. I and mean, right. it's just a good board to bet. You get well, a lot of folds. To uh, kind of exemplify your point, he chooses the sizing of one blind, 30K. He bets 30K. Mm. I was going to... means he can bet really a lot of his range, yeah. and it's highly profitable. Yeah, I thought he was going to... Without knowing, because I know, I know about this hand, uh, but I didn't remember that, and I don't have it written in front of me as you do. Um, I was going to guess 40K, so close enough. But yeah, yeah he's betting tiny, 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 because he gets so many folds by betting this amount, and it's the same amount of folds as he bets right. 60K or 70K. I mean, it's, it's the ultimate evolution of what we've been talking about for years, that on polarized boards you can bet smaller, and the best players in the world and all of the players who really study in tournament scenarios have realized you can mostly bet one blind in spots like this when, your, when your head's up. On this kind of a spot. Yeah. yeah. You, you need the board to be pretty, pretty, um, like, there's nothing to call with. Like, there's no draws. Right. There's nothing. There's, there's no not, gut there's shots. There's not even there's a gut shot. Right. Nothing going on. So yeah. that's part. And then the king also means, like, you don't even have overcards to the right. king. Most of the, like, if it's 8-7-7, seven, seven, we have to bet more if we're going to bet. Right? Well, because of course, there's, there's lots of gut shots and open-enders and stuff there, that, too. But even deuce 7-7, seven, seven, like what, and we have a deuce. Like, of yeah. course we want to bet, right? Because yeah. we can get called by Jack-10 and things right. like that. But, we, but like, with king 7-7, seven, seven, like, Jack-10 doesn't like calling at all here. No. Um, so, yeah. So I like this. By the way, this is basically limit hold'em. You min-raise... You, you, and then you bet one. You bet. Oh, is this one blind? This is oh, limit hold'em so we, far. We made a mistake. <laughs> They're actually playing all the super high roller bowls for 2021 are limit hold'em. It's about time because the people demanded it. I want to. The play. audience was like, "I need more limit hold'em <laughs> televised in my life." Yeah. It's not limit hold them. Don't worry, people. Yeah, it's I'm afraid they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna turn off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, they would because <laughs> that's that game's boring. <sighs> We're moving on. We're not going to have that conversation. Profitable for you, but it's boring. Yeah. All right. How do you proceed as Adams? Yes. I know you've never been in a scenario like this where you flop super well against one of the like, top 20 tournament players in the world, and you're also one of the top 20 tournament players in the world. Also, there's, we're two off the bu- a quarter million yeah. dollar buy-in bubble, and, but, uh, and there's four of us with 20 stacks. 20 but from a stacks. theoretical perspective, yes. try to put yourself in Tim Adams' seat. And, and how do you approach a guy like this betting so small, which you expect him to do with almost everything he has? 
Like when you have such a strong hand, you have to have some check raises, right? You do. This is a pretty good check raising candidate. I have to say we have the best seven, not just a seven. Yeah. So we, I mean, what we're only losing to King seven suited, which I don't believe is out there and King King, which is out there. Seven, seven, which is nope. not out there. Yeah. Nope. So we have the effective second nuts here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're happy to get it in right now. We're short. I think I want to raise this hand most of the time, not just because we've got a very strong hand and all that, and because we want to have some check raises, but also because I believe that Adamo is checking back the turn with almost his entire range once we call. We're in the big blind. The seven is paired. Yeah. If we call, he can't just... He could bet really tiny, I guess, on the turn, but, but he's he has, not going to put many more chips in this pot. Right. If he has King Jack, he's checking back. Right. If he yeah. has... Maybe if he has aces, he's going to bet to try and get value out of a king, but he's not going to bet big. And he's right. not going to love getting raised, you know? And he might fold aces, like... Later on, I, I'd rather I'd rather raise now. I want to raise right now. What do you think? I mostly agree with you. Um, and you might be saying, as the audience, well, wouldn't you think, as a damo, that when Adams raises, it's really hard to think of bluffs on this board, so you can't get value. That's not the case when you're dealing with these high level players. They'll find bluffs. I mean, like you yeah, can, we, we can think of bluffs. Yeah, we can, yeah. You just do like the six eight of diamonds or something like that. Something with two back doors that, uh, that, so, that blocks the most likely trips or yep. something that blocks kings. Like if you had. Queen Jack with two back doors, which, of course, that's what Adamo has. But if Adams had that, that would be a perfectly fine check-raising hand because it blocks two of the most likely kings in Adamo's range and has equity against things. Yep. You may even, if you want to have more bluffs, you could just do all the six-eights, too, yeah. not just six-eight suited, for example. You could let go of the suited backdoorness of it and just go with the backdoor straight, only because it also blocks eight-seven and six-seven, which right. are most likely sevens that are being opened. By the way, if we had an ace in our hand and it was a different suit than the two sevens, now we're blocking a seven pretty well. Mm. That's another pretty good hand yeah. to decide to raise. Um, we just want to block those sevens so we can rep those sometimes, right? right? And if, by the way, if we're going to rep that sometimes as a bluff, which I think we are as Tim Adams sometimes, this is a tougher situation with, with these short stacks, but we could, we could take a little shots, right? We can go two and a half X. So it's two and a half blinds as a raise even. Um, but that means, of course, we have to do it with, with some value too. And this is a really strong value hand. May, now, just uh, brainstorming because Adams ends up checking. Yeah. Maybe the reason... Or calling, excuse me. Not checking. Uh, he does check and then he calls. Maybe the reason he does not choose this as a check raise is because of the opposite reason. He wants to have... Like, he wants Adamo to be able to have a king more yep. frequently. And he has one of the three cards that most likely goes with one of Adamo's kings with the ace. That's right. He um, also blocks pocket aces with this hand, right. which is another hand he'd really like Adamo to have. Right, exactly. So that's... That means it's less likely for Adamo to have a hand he can call with than if Adams had something like 7-8. So maybe it's the ace-x is a good... Ace-x with the ace as a different suit is a good raising hand as a bluff, but the actual ace-7 isn't so good because now we're blocking some of the yeah. best value that can call us. Right. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So like we, now we raise other 7s, but not the ace-7. Yeah. Yeah. We raise ones that are like 10 and lower, probably. Mm-hmm. And we feel like that's still pretty safe because ace-7 suited, there's only one combo right. of it out there, so we don't really have to be afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Seems good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So I, I really hope like, and it makes sense to me that something like that, which I would have never thought of something that complex at the table no way. in the time, but it really makes sense to me that, you know, it's really hard to tell what's so special about players like Timothy Adams, right? You know, like they make some flashy plays sometimes, but it, like if you're a player who's about as good as me or Jonathan, you might think like, can't I just be as good as that guy? But if he actually, if that was actually his thought process or something of similar ilk that went as deep as what we just did, except at the table in the moment, that makes sense as to why he can succeed yes. at the highest levels for so long. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if these guys... Like, I think most players, and this may include us, and this does include us even, at least at times, 
when we decided, oh, I'm going to slow play this hand and just call versus raise here or whatever it may be, often the th- my thought is more about like, think about my image, think about how much I've been check raising, you know, the, the opponent's image and all that stuff, as opposed to thinking about what combos am I blocking for value that can call me or not. I think about what value hands can call yeah. me, but I don't necessarily go the next step of like, do I block any of the value hands that are calling me in the moment? I'm right. saying like, um, but I would not be surprised at all. In fact, I expect Timothy Adams is doing that. Right. Like, I think that probably is real. Yeah. And hence he can make like the, these are like marginally better decisions than the decision we would make of when to check raise this hand and when not to, right, or, or trip seven. Immediately you said, I want to check raise it. Yes. Right? But, but now you probably want to check. Now I don't it. want to. Now, yeah. like you said, I want to check raise uh, probably, like you said, 10 seven and, and worse because I don't want to block King Jack. Mm-hmm. I don't want to block King Queen. Um, the ace seven is the worst of them now that we, cause yeah. now we also block aces, right. which is a hand we really don't want to block Queens and Jacks. We're probably not getting a lot of value out of anyway, right. Later on comparatively, like a seven, maybe the worst of all. It's really amazing. Yeah. Um, again, a very marginal difference, but it's enough to it's make enough. A, You're making a choice between which ones you raise. Cause you're not raising all of them. Right. We're cutting down, you know, we lose what, like seven combos by having an ace in our hand, yeah. total of value that can call us like, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. And may put all the chips in, by the way, against us. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I love it. That's, one of the, that's why we do this show, right? For moments yeah. like that. I, whether, that was awesome. whether or not that's correct, I'm glad we thought of it. You know what's crazy, too, is just before you said that, I was already thinking it was going to say it myself. Like, oh, really? I was like, it blocks ace-king and aces, actually. And I was like, huh. And then you, and you immediately brought up that it blocked ace-king. And I was like, wow. It's cool. We were right there. All right. Well, hopefully that's what he was thinking. Yeah. I'm going to assume it was. All right. Anyway, he just checked calls, which okay. must hurt a little bit, right? It's one blind gets put in, you flop top trucks. Yeah. It sucks. We think like our opponent just doesn't have enough strong hands when we have the ace in our yeah. hand for this to be a great, a great spot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to come up with complex game theory reasons to do stuff? Do it on nitrogen sports, baby. Yeah, baby. You know what I'm saying? Austin Powers, bring it back. Yeah. That's not your mother. That's a man, baby. Excellent. Like all right, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Nitrogen sports. Yeah, go on. They still like Austin Powers. They do. They're huge Austin Powers fans, but mostly the third one with Beyonce. Mm, yeah. They're bigger fans, though, of giving you money. Yeah. Just like expected value for no reason. Crazy. Yeah. Really? It's the monthly Poker Guys tournament that I'm talking about where they guarantee an overlay by capping the player pool at 300 players. They would have to get 500 players to meet the guarantee. That, that means they're going to lose money guaranteed. They have to put in 40% of the prize pool in the best case scenario for yeah. them. Let alone the worst. Usually we get like, what, 200 players or something yeah. like that? So they're putting in 60% of the prize pool. They're paying for it. It's crazy. That means for you as the player that your expected value is immense. It's not like the rake is super high or something. It doesn't, it's not like, well, we're going to make up for it by raking at 3x the buy. It's not like that at all. Right. It's, it's, just, it's just a damn fine deal for you. It's a really amazing deal. They're... Yeah, they're literally putting in thousands of dollars right. uh, into this tournament every month. It's, it's incredible. So if you want to actually access that, you got to use the link in the show notes when you sign up right next to that Discord link. Click both of those links today. It'll be a great day for you. Yeah, your life is going to turn around finally yeah. when you click those two links. Steven. You know we're talking to you, Steven. Yeah. And people who's not named Steven, but your original name was Steven. That you don't, you don't know about that yet, but do the past life work that you need to do. The past life work, yeah, yeah like back in 1952. Many lives, many masters, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe she'll come back, you know, if you use those links. <laughs> maybe she'll come back. <laughs> wow. I couldn't figure it out, but maybe you, this is the answer. Yep. Yeah, just, I hope, I hope it works for you. Yeah. Give it a chance. Use you know? the link, Nitrogen <laughs> Sports. There's also sports betting. There's casino games. It's football season. 
You want to do some football betting? Nitrogen's a great place to do it. If you bing something, it's Bitcoin only. They give you your money fast. Get in there. I got to say, that is definitely the new slogan for Nitrogen. Maybe she'll come back. Nitrogen <laughs> Sports. Maybe she'll come back. <laughs> That's pretty good. It really is. That's what everybody really wants, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. 225K in the pot after yes. the min bet on the flop by Adamo. Again, king of clubs, seven of hearts, seven of diamonds. Adamo has queen jack of diamonds. Adams with the miraculous flop for the ace, seven of clubs. Mm-hmm. Eight of diamonds on the turn. Okay. Gives Adamo a little bit of a reason to live. Yeah. You know, he's Pretty the, sweet card. Got the diamond draw now. As Adams, do you ever lead? No. Yeah. Never, ever. If we're going to lead, we should have check raised. Right. It's just too strange. We still block the same things that we blocked before. That we, we're, we just have to hope for a bluff. Yep. Or that Adamo, for some reason, feels like betting a king is a good idea. But I don't see any reason that you would ever bet a king. I mean, you're, you're hoping he has what he has. You're hoping he picked up diamonds here so he has a reason to continue. He does have a reason to continue. Yeah. So it's kind of lucky and great for Adams. We got a real shot to get some more money out of this guy. I'll, of course, he also just picked up some equity against us, too. But Yeah, he, he might actually I mean, we could, now. We could lose a really big pot now, yeah. but you know, we could win a big pot. We could hit the ace of diamonds, so that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're not going to get any more money out of him. Adamo checks back, of course. Yeah, of course he does, because he's like, you have a king or a seven, right? Like, you're not folding either one of yeah. those. How can I bet again? Right. Yeah. Like, I can get you... The only thing Adamo can do is, is target a bad king, which may have to fold the turn, right? Yeah. Especially as the stacks are short. But he's like... But it's a weird story. Like, I think Adamo checks back not only because of what he thinks Adams has, but also, like, yeah. how, how does he have a hand that he can bet again unless it's king's full or well, I mean, seven himself? He could decide to... He could have a very strong king and decide to try and get value out of a bad king, but then he's got to actually try and get value right not try and fold it out. So he may bet I mean, the size would you really, really... Would you really do that when combinatorially you're going to be facing the same number of sevens and kings from Adams' range? Um... That's a great question. I think it's not entirely true. Like, I think we have... A, Adams probably has a few more kings than sevens, but not a lot more. Oh, like, no, maybe not because we knock out the tie end, yeah. the top end of it. Maybe you're right. Yeah, you're right. Because he has like ace-seven, but he never has ace-king. Okay. Yeah. So he doesn't, have, he doesn't really have seven-deuce, and he might have king-deuce, yeah. but fair enough. Okay. Yeah, okay. They have about the same amount. No, I don't know why we do that. We'd rather go into either... Like, Adams is going to bet his king. We're going to get value on the river. If Adams bets, we'll call, assuming he has a king. And if he has a seven, we'll call and lose. If he has a king, we call and win. Oh, no, we lose, e- we lose either way in this case. That's yeah. right. But if we had ace-king. If we had ace-king. That's, that's what I mean, of course. Um, and if Adams checks the river, we'll, of course, bet for value if we have a good king. Yeah. And that seems like, oh, we may actually get called by a, by a bad king. We can only really hope to get two streets out of a bad king here, especially with the pressure of the ICM, I think, most of the time. Yeah. So that's just another reason to check here. Yep. Even yep. though it's one of those spots where you had a bluff and you picked up equity, and you know, typically that's a spot where you... If I were your poker coach, I would say those are spots to continue in. If you and you have to kind of give up more than you want to, but you can find spots to continue in. When you pick up equity, those are the spots. I think. I think the only card that we can comfortably continue on, although it would be a disaster, is the Ace of Diamonds. Like now we pick up Gutshot Draw, we pick up the the Nut Diamond Draw, and the Ace comes, which can actually fold out some of the Kings. Like, yeah, we actually have a shot now, at least. Um, that's the only card that's obvious. I don't know if we'd even fire on the Ten of Diamonds, but maybe we would. Maybe. Like we can bet small, get called by the king, and then bet again on the river if we want, you know, if we improve, basically. Mm-hmm. Or but we can just check it back too and have put almost no money in this pot, which kind of love that. Anyway, nice, nice job by Adamo not putting any more money in here. Yeah, seems like the right play. Yeah, good job by both these players so far. Yeah, like not, not a huge surprise. Not a lot of money's gone in, but these guys are really killing it, and it's going to get a lot more interesting too. I'll say that. 
Yeah, they both chose their names because they would be near the beginning of the phone book. But it turns out they deserve to be near the beginning of the phone book. Yes. I mean, Adam's ahead of Adamo. Right. But Adam's is like the number 10 player all time, I think, in money. Winning He's got like 28 days. million or something like that. I'm going to look him up right now because I want to know. And it's impressive. He's 18th all time with 25 million. Okay. But damn, still, come on. That's damn good. It really is. All right. Here we are. Yeah. Got the old uh, check, check. So still 225K in the pot. Mm-hmm. Seven of hearts, seven of diamonds, king of clubs, eight of diamonds. Adams has ace, seven of clubs. Adamo has queen, jack of diamonds. Adamo does not get there. It is the five of hearts. Yeah. So a very unlikely straight does come in. Six, nine, which feels like neither player really can have that. And uh, four, six. So I, I mean, don't, I don't uh, think either player has those. Hands. Yeah, I don't either. So straight's not a factor. All right. As Timmy Boy Adams, how do we proceed? Well, we think a king is probably going to bet, right? You'd, you'd think, yeah. Um, I'd be worried about getting any more value out of a king after the bet. So I assume we get one bet out of a king. We would be, if, if we checked and let the king bet, we would be check raising. I think we'd have to check raise yeah. unless he sized it huge. But assuming a normal bet comes, we check raise. But I wouldn't expect to get value out of that king almost ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe aces can can call a check raise, but I don't even know if aces are going to call. I'm just not sure in this spot. I'm not sure either. I'd be worried about it. I'd be very worried. Because us even putting in this many chips, we're putting ourselves at such risk. Mm. You know, that like, I think, I feel like these guys all play these ICM spots. They really tiptoe around them in a lot of ways. So like, not always, but a lot of the time. Sure. So like, I just, I just think we should probably bet and set the price ourselves rather than... So you want to bet big. My first inclination is to bet big. I'm pretty sure that's not what happens. And I think I even know why it isn't what happens. Yeah. But, but my first inclination is, yes, I want to get big to try and get called by a king, a good king. And like we're betting a bad king, basically, to get called. Uh, God, that doesn't even make sense. That's why, that's why it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You can't do that. Nope. Not against this guy. You so, can do it against bad players. Yeah, you can't do it against a good player. You're right. So we have to bet tiny, like we're almost doing a blocking bet with a bad king. Yep. Um, the or, extra- or like we're trying to steal the pot with some double backdoor float. Right, which we could have, yeah. actually, based on the one blind yeah. bet. Right. Um, right. The problem, of course, is then, like, we just don't make a whole lot of money on this very strong hand. But if we bet big, we're not going to make money on this very strong we, hand we, anyway. We just can't bet big based on the we way can't. this went down and the polarization of the board. Yeah, and if we check raise and he calls, then, like... It's we just, might it be seems, losing to most of the range yeah, that calls. It doesn't seem like a great plan to check raise and, and hope that he calls... Because he's just not going to have very many calls anyway, and a lot of them are going to be super strong when yeah. he calls. So I guess we just have to bet small and hope he calls, and that's it, right? It makes me wonder if the check raise is actually the better play because we have to bet pretty small like yeah. for this to make sense. I think if, if Adamo had a hand like ace-king or aces, he's probably, based on the way the hand played out, in air quotes, allowed to bet bigger than we are. Yeah, it, the question is, if we bet tiny and he has ace-king or aces, is he ever going to put in a raise for value? He might. He oh, might be like... so thin. I know, he's Michael Adamo. It's possible. It's so crazy. Are we going to be able to... Does he think we're going to be able to call a raise for value? Uh, it's asking a lot. Yeah. It's That's, asking a lot. He might still go for it because he's like, I'm Michael Adamo, baby, and I'm cool. Uh, but it's super thin. So I don't think we can... We can't count on that. No. Right? We just can't. All right, so we have to bet small. Oh, you're going back to the check raise idea for a second because yeah. you think he might bet bigger than we do. I think I think he's allowed to bet bigger than we're allowed to bet based on the dynamics. 
That's true. Also, if we check again, we give him a chance to bluff, yeah. which we're not giving him if we bet tiny, unless, of course, we induce with a right. tiny bluff. But I don't think we should count on that happening very often, no. right? When we call on a king seven seven board, like right, there shouldn't be we that. Just many. Have to it have, shouldn't work. We very have to often. have the queen jack of diamonds now and be like taking right. a stab to be bluffing, right? So yeah, I think uh, a check raise is pretty interesting because maybe he now feels like what's the be- what's what's like one of the best hands we have if we check here besides the super slow paid monsters. Like, just like the, the marginal value hands. It's like king eight. Or, no, not king eight. Sorry, king nine or something like that. Yeah, maybe we could have... King ten, I guess. If, king jack. As Adams, maybe we, we could have a hand like... Um, we can even have king queen, actually. Maybe we could have eight six of clubs. Be doing the double backdoor float on, on the flop and river and eight. Mm, and so now he could... That's, that's a hand he could try and fold this out of. Yeah. Okay, but he needs to be more successful than just folding out, out, out of an eight here. Yeah. Because otherwise it's not worth it. Right. So he needs to be able to fold out a, a bad king. It, is he going to be able to do that? Maybe. Maybe he is, because he would play aces like this and ace-king like this. If he sizes it up enough, he might be able to successfully fold out a bad king. Yeah, it's possible. Because we can't really beat anything. Yeah. Except the bluff. And then we're going to have a tough spot, a tough decision. I don't know what we do, honestly. If we've got, like, king four, and we check the river, and now he bets 80% of the pot. You know, he bets four blinds. Yeah. It sucks. I don't know. It, this is a close one. Like, Adams ultimately decides he just wants to make sure a bet goes in, I guess. Yeah. So he bets. He bets the small amount that he kind of has to bet. He bets 55K into 225. Yep. It's pretty small. You could probably go a little bigger and still get called by some kings, you know? It's, it's, a, it's, it's interesting, right? Because I don't think queens are putting money in this pot no matter what we do. I think if we check, queens are going to check back. I think if we bet, queens are probably going to find a fold here, right? Yeah. Unless they're sure that we're floating like a huge amount because they only bet 30K. That's the only thing, actually, because we only bet 30K on the flop. Maybe Adams has some, like, pocket pairs. Then he's trying to get, he bets so small, he's trying to get value out of ace high. That's crazy. Nope. How can ace high ever call it? Can't. Queens maybe have to fold. Yeah. Wow. This is tough. So we have to hope he has a king or better, or was somehow we induce. We haven't talked, the only good things that can happen. We haven't talked about this much yet, but this is a great example of why it's so great to play against bad players. <laughs> yeah. Like, everything is hard in this hand because we know each player is elite, and we have to assign all of these different thought processes that make it so much harder to extract value or bluff or do whatever we want to accomplish against them. And it sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, often you hear people who are like somewhat experienced poker players say, I'd rather play against good players than bad players. Yep. It, no, you, no, you wouldn't. That's, I mean, well, if you hate money, yeah, maybe. And like, you like, you like, you know, think about the competition. Right. Sure. But you could play chess and do that for free if yeah. you want competition. Right. Uh, like if you if you're if you're in it for the money anyway, you should always want to play against the worst players possible. Yeah, and that's just the truth. Period. Right. Of course. And if you're in it for the competition, maybe it'd be nice to have a good player at your table every once in a while for yeah. a little bit of fun. But mostly, you want to play against bad players. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you're gonna break even against the good player, give or take. Right. Yeah. And uh, the bad players that you're not going to break even against, you're going to do very well over right. time. So of course you want that. Even if you have some crazy bad beats that happen with the bad players, that's the point. Yeah, that's exactly the point that they called you with eight three suited when you you know when you bet the turn and they had like nothing going on. You know. Well, if uh, if it's a month later and you're still talking about the guy who called you with eight three suited, maybe you're one of the bad players. Yeah. That, I mean, up. anyone honestly, anyone who demands, who really thinks they should be playing against good players can't be that good <laughs> yeah, like really i mean probably it, not you're yeah. not a pro right? right you can't be a pro and say that you know you just can't yeah because a pro like, knows what they want a pro wants to make money and they want to do it there are some exceptions players. i think like i think in general bill perkins would rather play against good players 
Yeah. And uh, okay, he's not a pro. You're right. Never mind. <laughs> I was I was really curious to see where you're going with okay, that. Okay, let's assume for a second that Bill Perkins takes this Landon Tice challenge where he studied a lot. Yeah. And actually gets good at poker. Mm-hmm. Like professional level good at poker. Yeah. Maybe not as good as the guys he's playing against, but professional level good. Yeah. Um, he might not in technically be a pro, but he would still want to play against the good players. But okay, but there's a reason that you're not stating, which is really key to all this, which is that he's, he's a, a billionaire. Yeah, he's, a billionaire. he's not doing any of it for the money. No, he never was. He could. Ne- he couldn't do it for the money. There's no amount of money they could play for that it would affect his life in any way. Yes. So it's never been about the money. It can't be about the money for him. So yeah. it's different. He yeah. can't. He, but like all the other guys are playing for mo- anyone who's a pro is playing for money, right? Yes. So those are the like. Yeah, you can find a, a billionaire who's going to have different agendas and goals, and sure. But those are also the guys they always want in the games because guess what? They're not as good as the pros either. You can't find a billionaire in a game anymore. They're all going to space all the time now. Well, maybe there'll be poker in space soon. That sounds great. Yes, it does. Get a little card protector using a meteorite. Why do you need a card protector? Because you're a billionaire. You don't know how poker actually works. You're you like, put the cards down. They're not going anywhere. You just put them down. They're not going to float away unless there's space. There needs some propulsion to, to move. They're just going to sit there. Put them down and don't touch them. Don't breathe on them. They're fine. They're just going to lay there, man. Good advice. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back to the hand. All right. So ultimately, Adams bets 55K. Yeah. I, it's, all, it's all very tough to figure out what you're supposed to do. This seems fine. Y- yes. I mean, even if we think a check raise is also good, I'm not sure if it is or not, quite frankly. This seems fine. I don't know. All of it seems very tough to do well with. So yeah. sure. Okay. He's trying to get some value. All right. Should Adamo just be done with the hand, or should he raise? Well, those are the only two options, because calling seems absurd, right? Yeah, you can't call. Can't call. Okay. I think you should be done with the hand pretty much always. Okay. We're up against a king or two or a trip sevens most of the time. Can we fold out a king? We have to... If, if we're going to raise, we better, be able to, we better be able to successfully fold yeah. out a king almost always. Yeah. Can we? I think so. Would Adams actually bet a bad king because of this dynamic? It's hard to know. That's the question. I don't know. If, if, he, if he knows that we're capable of like raising uh, as a bluff, sometimes he may be more apt. Well, actually, then he could call Yeah. also, forgetting about checking and not putting the money. And he could also bet call with a king. Um, I don't know how often we're really doing this. I haven't seen Adamo do this play very often or anything like that. Um, look, if we're going to raise, we should have a hand that blocks certain things, right? This hand does block some things. This hand blocks king, queen, and queen, jack. King Jack, excuse me. Yeah. That's good. We're, so we're blocking some of the best kings. We know Ace King isn't there. We block those with sevens also, which Adams has in his range. Not that that really matters. It's not really more of a blocker than any other card. What do you mean? Like Adams, we block Queen, Queen Seven yeah. and Jacks? Yeah, but it's the same yeah, yeah. As, as any other seven, yeah. really. Right? I, we shouldn't ever think we're going to get a seven to fold. I no, think that I just think, seems like a bad idea. No, I don't think we should. Yeah. So since we can't get a seven to fold, we're just going to target a king. Mm-hmm. And... If we're going to do this at all. Is this a good idea? I mean, these are two pretty good cards to have in our hand, I guess. To block King, Queen, and Queen, King, Jack? Yeah. Because like, those are the most likely kings that Adams has in his range that could call. Yes. Can we think of better blockers? That's a great question. Um, I guess Queen, Queen is a better blocker than Queen, Jack, but because a, slightly better. call with King, Queen more than... Yeah, so it's a slightly better hand. That's not a big deal, It blocks though. fewer combos, though. Does it? I don't think it does. No, maybe not. It doesn't. Okay. Um, so anyway, that, but that's marginal, obviously, yeah. anyway. It's not a big deal. Um, 
So, okay, is there anything else that's a better blocker than this? Um, I guess we could have like 9-8 suited and block some of the 7s. I don't think that really blocks his big blind range that no, much. No, it really like, doesn't. It's, it's not like you call him the button. Right. And, and all the 7s are probably calling anyway. So yeah. blocking the 7s aren't as valuable as blocking the good kings. Yeah. If we're going to raise. So this is a pretty good hand to raise with yeah. if we're going to raise. Because, yeah, ace-queen is worse because he doesn't have ace-king. Mm-hmm. Queen-jack is pretty good. Okay, maybe, maybe this is the best hand to raise with. It would be better if we didn't have two backdoors in the flop. If we had the queen jack that had no backdoor flush yes. draw, that's better because you know, I agree. But, reasons. but we also only bet one blind, so yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, although, does it matter as much? Like we can beat almost all the backdoors. Although we're raising anyway, we're not so calling. Yeah, we're not calling you right, so it doesn't matter. Fair enough. Um, okay, so this is at least a good bluffing combo. Yeah, it might be the best bluffing combo. That's or besides the one. Besides that, the one combo that's not backdoor, right? Yeah, there's two combos. Oh, I there's think. two. Oh, there was a. No, there's no, there's. You're right. There's. It one. was a rainbow flop, right? Yeah, there's rainbow. Yeah. You're right. So there's. It's just. Uh, it's just hearts. Yeah. Okay. So queen jack of hearts is the best, but yeah. then this is tied for second best, probably yeah. among the other, and that's fine. That's one combo. So this would still be in our. Okay, so maybe we're just obligated to bluff with this hand because we have to have some bluffs here, because we're playing at such a high level and yeah. an iterated game with these guys. And, you know, you could reasonably ask, who the hell is going to bluff in this spot? And we're like, yeah. I'm Michael Adamo. I've got the right hand to do it with, and I'm going to do it anyway. Right. But it, if you're Tim Adams, you're not asking yourself that question against this field. You're like, these guys bluff in this spot. And uh, I, if I have a seven, I'm calling no matter what. Yes. Like, and, you, and, and this is, again, goes back to I'm not sure Tim Adams is going to bet his bad kinks because yeah. of all this. Right. Where he just he opens himself up to really struggling to get value. Like, what's going to call him that's worse than a bad king anyway? Yeah. Um, nothing. Now that I think about it. So all we can, the only reason to bet our bad king is to induce so we can call the raise. It's the only reason to bet a bad king now, I think. So this is a problem. This is a real problem. So I don't think, I think either he's betting with a bad king and he's going to call or he's checking his bad king. So I don't know if we can fold out a bad king. All right. So ultimately, unless he has king 10. I think, I think you've at least convinced me to the extent that I will state the case here. Okay. Um, that... Adamo may have the second best possible hand to bluff with, but it might be such a bad situation to bluff in that he shouldn't do it anyway. Yeah. I wonder, I'm really fascinated to see what the solver's going to say about all this. Yeah. Because the solver's going to be like, well, the solver's not going to know about all the ICM stuff. I, I guess think. it's probably not. No. I'm not sure if it will or not, actually. I, you can do some ICM stuff with it, I think. I'm going to guess we're not going to get ICM yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. On we'll find out, but probably not. Um, that really changes this, right? That makes the situation so much more fraught and tense and careful. Everyone yeah. has, to, has to be wary here. So I think Tim Adams deciding to bet is not great for us. Yeah. And like you said, he's got all the sevens, not folding those. And if he's betting a king, maybe he's not folding that for all the reasons. Either way, Adamo goes with the, I have one of the hands I have to raise with yes. thing. Okay. And he does raise to 350K. He's like, I got to have some bluffs. This is just one of the bluffs. This is just the hand I do it with. He so. raises to 350, leaves himself 265 behind. I mean, it looks pretty strong. Yeah. Like, now, we're Tim Adams with a seven. We don't care about that. We're fine. We're obviously never going to fold this hand. But I'm saying, like, from this should... If we weren't sure about what to do, we're better bad king trying to get some value. Like, you know, uh, this looks like we're beat a lot. All I don't right. know how we're beat, but it looks like we're beat. Guess what? The hand's not over. Well, right. I mean, Adams hasn't acted. Yeah, he hasn't moved in yet. Why? 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 <laughs> What's that? Yeah. All right. Adams moves in for the remaining 265K. Yeah. 
Can we talk about that, please? I think we're going to. Because that's the whole reason I wanted... I, by the way, was the suggester of this hand. Yeah. I've wanted to talk about this hand since the moment I saw it because Adams moves in on the river. He doesn't just call this race. All right. We need to talk about this. My first thing that I can think of as to why he would do it yep. is that he believes that Adamo would play all of his sevens that he would have in his range like this. Like, if he has a seven, he's going to check it back on the turn for all the same reasons that he checked back with a king if he had a king. Maybe that's not true, but let's, let's assume for a second that's the case. Okay. And we have the best seven, and Adamo only has 265 back. He might call with a seven. Well, let's ask a question. Would Adamo call with a seven if we three bet all in I in don't this know. spot? And another thing to puncture a hole in that is that seven, eight is one of the yeah. sevens he could have, and an eight came. If he has other suited connectors, seven, five is a possibility. I mean, it's, a, it's pretty loose. For it's, this. I, I doubt it. I think, yeah. I think the only sevens he has are seven, six suited, seven, eight suited, and a seven suited. Yeah. So what the fuck are we doing? Uh, do I do we think that he's going to call with a king? Sometimes he's going to play a king like this and call with it. Sometimes. This is what we or need. Pocket aces. This is where we need to get to. Okay. Well, we block pocket aces, so yeah. that's problematic. We block his best king. Okay, but th- those things still exist. In fairness, there's still nine combos of ace king, and there's three combos of aces. Yeah. So they're at least still out there. Will he call with those? I. It's such a good price, but like so. Isn't that, isn't that a problem? Is, is Tim Adams trying to capitalize on his reputation as the bluffiest man alive? This is the other question. Yeah. Tim Adams, who does these crazy bluffs on the river, usually these massive overbet bluffs, right? Which, by the way, he can't do here. Um, but he just does this, like, huge bet, and he's like, you can't call this, man. Like, come on. And, like, we've seen, even in really big spots and really big tournaments, uh, where a guy with, like, aces up thinks for a really long time on the river after Adams does this huge all-in raise, you know, uh, when there were three left in that big tournament that time. Uh, Michael Chang, maybe? Nope. Michael, somebody. Anyway, um, so, but, but he's, it's the opposite here, where now he's moving in for very little. It seems like for value, right? Clearly it not, has to be for value. How could he fold out a better hand? How could he fold out the same hand? Right, and then, like, of course, on top of all this, Adamo has hands better than this hand. Like, he has kings full, he has fives full, he has eights full. I mean, fives full makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh, by a lot, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kingsful is interesting. If he had Kingsful, he may be a little more apt to bet that on the turn because he's like, well... Well, you have a lot of sevens then. Yeah, Tim has less kings and yeah. more sevens. So, like... That's not or the same amount of sevens, I should say, but the ratio changes yeah. pretty dramatically. I think betting makes a lot of sense there. Yeah. Um, although you may also think, like, we're just going to get it in anyway a lot by the river. Although you bet so small on the flop, it's hard to, as right. we see. It takes the third all-in bet to get there. So, actually, I think we bet the turn with King-King most of the time. That makes sense. But 5-5 five, five is just sitting there, right? Yeah. And can't fold the river, although it will take some time and be like seven eight, really seven yeah. eight, king king seven, really. I call like right. I can't fold this hand. Could you ever have trip sevens and make this play? I don't know, but maybe Tim Adams. Are you that crazy? Like that's what I would be thinking the whole time. Like I have the worst full house. I'm probably beat. I don't see how I, I block seven five, so it's seven eight. I guess maybe eight eight. It could be eight eight actually. That beats yeah. us too. I would kind of hate the spot, but don't we have to call? Yeah. I think we probably have to. It's call. not a bluff. Of course it's not a bluff. He's not trying to fold out fucking fives full of sevens. So He's trying to get spot, called by a worse seven. This is a spot that no matter aces. what the solver says about this, it's not going to tell us why. So right. I would love to hear from the people. You know, th- This is not going to be a video hand. It's a podcast only. If you have a thought that, that we can't come up with as to why Adams moves in here, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And you could do that on Discord, by the way. 
That's a good, yeah, that's a good use of Discord. We can is, actually have a little dialogue about it. This is a perfect hand to start the Discord thing with because we don't really... I really don't get this at all except Timothy Adams thinks, I'm the bluffy Tim Adams who bluffs a lot on the river and I can get called by worse sevens. Yeah. Those are the two things that he has to be thinking. And the problem is, of course, as we said, Adamo's only worth seven is seven six that we're actually beating. Yeah. If he has that. If he has it at all, which he may not, he may not be opening seven six plus one in this spot anyway. Yeah. But at least he might. So yeah, this one's a mystery to me. Yeah, me too. He might bet yeah, it's weird. Anyway, Adamo snap folds, of course. Of course. Hey, how'd this thing end up? You got the results oh, I of do. the old uh, I, I absolutely do. Adamo, now massively short, below 10 blinds, ends up not cashing in this event. Okay, that's too bad for him. Um, nope, yeah, not good for him at all. Timothy Adams actually rides this hand, and others, I'm sure, to a fourth-place $1.1 million finish. The, all, the, the winner is limitless, Victor Malinsky, Malinowski, Malinowski at $3.7 million after he won an epic heads-up battle against Seng Liao, uh, where they played for hours. Hmm. Uh, and he just basically proed him to death. You know, he just like played better for yeah. a long enough time. And he's like, well, I'm probably the best at this anyway. So give me enough time. I'll probably beat anyone. And they had enough time. And that's what happened. David Peters finished fifth. And that's what happened there. All right. Well, uh, we'll be right back with uh, the solver analysis. What does the solver say? That's really good. Uh, I was like, what, the, what does the fox say? That's what I was calling oh, for. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Anyway, uh, the solver had some pretty interesting stuff to spit out. This was done by Danny Sprung. Thanks, Danny, for your excellent solver work. Uh, it really disagreed with us on Adam's flop play. Yeah. It wants him to check raise 100% of the time with this hand. A really fun, complicated reason wasn't good enough for the solver, I guess. I don't know. I think it's just like, we're super strong. Maybe he's got a seven. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. But, of course, the other thing is, it thinks the um, imposition player, so in this case Adamo, is only betting 15% of his range. Right. We so want to we, bet, thought, like, all the time yeah, for we, one blind. We think it's, like, 100%. And so we think it's really odd. But I guess if he's only betting 15% of the range, we can attack that range much more now as a check raise. That makes more sense. But if we think he's betting all of his range, check raising doesn't make as much sense. Right. So, so that's a big difference. Some caveats here, obviously, with the assumptions. Um, we really thought Adamo was going to be checking back with the majority of his range on the turn. Yeah. It wants Adamo to bet 45% of the remaining range, which is, of course, less than the range that we spoke of because we were thinking he was betting so much on the flop. Um, but still, it wants him to bet a lot of, of the time on the turn, which, you know, in practice doesn't feel that good. It feels kind of icky. It also wants him to bet Queen Jack of Diamonds specifically every time on the 100% turn. 100% of the time. Yeah. No, it does, he does pick up Diamonds, Adamo, but still, it's interesting where we think, like, what are we folding out successfully here? Where we can target bad kings only and hope they fold? That's it? It's not great. Yeah, it's not. Either way, that's where we are. Yeah. It does want Adams to lead the river. Makes plenty of sense. Yeah. And it wants Adamo to raise always with this hand. By the way, it wants Adams to lead the river big, which is what I was originally saying, interestingly yeah. enough. But having said that, you we kind of talked me into, I don't know if I like a lead at all. Right. Really, but anyway, yeah, it does want it does want uh, uh, Adamo to raise, this, yeah. which is cool for probably the same reasons that we came up with. Has to be best right? blockers, probably. Yeah, hundred percent of the time, it wants this hand to raise. So and, that's pretty cool. And the big question was: Is there any way to to find a way for Adams to shove? And right, because we we thought that seemed crazy. The solver also thinks that. It, yeah, it never wants him to shove. Just call. Yeah, for you know 
seems like all the obvious reasons. Like game theory disaster land we're entering into here. And to be clear, Danny put in all the ICM stuff because we, we were saying we, we thought so, but we weren't 100% sure. He did it all. Actually, without because he did both with and without ICM. With ICM, it's just a call. Without ICM, it's a race. Because ah, yeah. now you're trying to get value out of trip sevens right. more. Um, and there's not as much in play. There's not as much you're risking. But since you're risking so much, you can't do it and you just flat call. Yeah. That's anyway, cool. Fun hand, fun solving time. Very fun solving. Great hand. Surprising. Feels like a mistake was made there on the river. Yeah. And I was I was curious to see if we could find a way to really justify it, but I don't think we did. Nope. I'll talk to you guys next all time. Right. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.